Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me, as always, is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, you may rejoice. Preseason <laughs> is done. <laughs> Your least favorite part of the NHL season is over. Uh, there's a couple of injuries we'll talk about in a minute, but most for the most part, the Islanders made it out unscathed and won their four last game. They won four of their six games. Uh, so it's done. We could all exhale right now. And uh, the real the real season starts a few days from now so there you go it's so funny because the islanders have basically been playing exhibition or meaningless games uh <laughs> since they opened ubs or you know like right. but, like that the last important game for them was probably the the fourth of that four game homestand uh they lost all four and then the season was basically over for them and <laughs> at that point um so it's just going to be nice to to have like you know to, be, to like white knuckle through a game again uh mm-hmm. to to feel like e- either you know, the Islanders winning or losing is going to determine how your your view on the world the next morning when you wake up. And, <laughs> you know, I miss that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I, I mean, I'm sure the players have too. And, and I think that's why, man, like they, they need a quick start because yeah. my biggest fear uh, is that it happens again. Like, mm. I, I, I don't know what I'd do. I think I'd be yeah. like, you know, like maybe we just take a hiatus from the show. I can't go through another season for that, like that, where, where we're sitting here talking and trying to will them across the line to like cut, cut the Capitals lead and for mm. the, for the second wild card spot to 12 points. And mm. they have three games in hand. If they win those three games in hand, you know, I, I just want to, I don't want that stuff anymore. I want them, uh, 
I remember you know, growing up, and this wasn't just me, but the Islander fan Credo uh, from basically 2000, from the from the big lockout till I don't know 2017. I just want meaningful games in March and April. I just want <laughs> and you can't like that. We're past that. Yeah. We should be past that. But it feels a little bit like that. Like I just I almost just want meaningful games in December at this point because <laughs> of what happened last year. Um, and and that's why the getting off to a hot start is just so important for this team. And and it feels like like last year felt like a ten month preseason. This this one's gonna feel like a you know six months of the playoffs because the team is at su- the franchise is at such a interesting crossroads where if things go poorly for them this season, uh, there's gonna be a lot of pitchforks and lanterns out for a lot of different people uh in high 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 places at the the team so uh a slow start could could lead to a lot of you know turmoil and then you gotta like consider okay like where the people who are saying they should tear it down after they lost like their third game in a row last season which uh you know were they right and and then you're gonna have to hear people lump on in the media and deal with that again so like a quick start is so important uh and Man, I just that's why like it feels like the game against the Panthers on Thursday night is like game one of an eighty-two <laughs> game series. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we were talking before we came on that I mean, forget about losing you know, in regular season, like they lost their first two preseason games and people had the pitchforks and torches out, and then you were they won their next four and then nobody really cared. Like all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> Wow, it's just preseason. You can't really, <laughs> can't really uh, you know, count that. But um but yeah, no, I, I agree with with what you're saying and uh it is funny that, uh, you know, it does, ha- it does feel, I think I'm, I'm just thinking back to the games at UBS arena last year. And I mean, the, the final one against the lightning that ended up being Zdeno Chara's final game in the NHL, that was a significant game. Like I would consider that not so much a preseason game, but like, obviously it was, it wasn't meaningful for the Islanders who had been long out of the playoffs at that point. But, uh, that was, that was a significant game. But other than that, the ones, the, uh, whatever, if 41 that preceded it, uh, were not really all that meaningful. So, uh, that's just how it went. But I, I totally agree with you. It's, you know, they, a slow start would be bad. They do play face the, you know, president's trophy winning Panthers in game one, but then they have games against the devils, ducks and sharks afterwards. So there's a chance they could pick up some wins there, which is good. They have the Rangers again, who they always play tough uh, also uh, early in October. So it's possible, but I'm glad you brought this up because something I realized while I was watching the games and, and so you, I'm assuming you watched no preseason games at all, right? Because this is like your least favorite thing ever. So I'm yeah, like I checked in, I checked in like for thirty seconds at a time, like once a game, just to, just to count who's still around, and right. you know, be like, okay, there's, I see Barzell's still healthy, yeah. right. and you'll just like go down the list and make sure, and um, you know, like you said off the top, like there are some injuries, but yeah, so so it's just that's what it's just the worst, like. But anyways, yeah, very little. So, all right. So I watched at least three whole games, which means that I win the Andy Sutton. Oh, so you're an expert now award for this year's preseason. And, uh, um, you know, they were, they were preseason games. The one against the Rangers was uh, felt like a regular season game. There was a lot of, a bit of pace to it. Uh, the one against the devils, uh, Thursdays, this is Sunday. The one just before the Rangers game was the game against the devils. They won five, two. That one was their best performance. I thought. I wouldn't call it a dominating one, but they certainly, the Islanders were certainly the better team there. Um, it was funny too, because uh, that was the day they made a bunch of cuts. So Atu Ratu and, and William DeFore were 
technically sent down to Bridgeport on Wednesday. Uh, Ratu stayed up because a couple of guys were hurt, which again, we'll talk about in a minute. He ends up scoring a goal against the Devils and Dufour goes down to Bridgeport and he scores a goal, a power play goal in the uh, uh, Baby Islanders uh, game against Hartford. So it was kind of funny to see they send these guys down and they keep on scoring, which which is an encouraging thing. But as I was watching the game against the Rangers and they won 3-1, uh, it was an okay game. Uh, Lane Lambert admitted uh, that he spent a little too much time in their zone. I'm quoting from Andrew Gross's Twitter account. Uh, he said, Lambert said, we, we did spend some time in our zone. I thought there were pockets where we could get up the we got up the ice, and then there were a couple of areas in the game when we didn't get up the ice as much as we wanted. I agree. Like there was the second period for the most part was spent in the Islanders zone, and and Ilya Sorokin was fantastic, and you know they blocked a bunch of shots, but ultimately it was kind of a shooting gallery after a, a pretty even, if not above average, first period for the Islanders, and then a third period was a little more even too. And I didn't like seeing that, and it just my point is that it watching these preseason games and watching you know, the, the the little changes here and there. Somehow, despite winning four of those games, I actually f- began to feel more pessimistic about this season. <laughs> and I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I'm not saying, oh my God, this is a lost cause. They're going to miss the playoffs or anything. But I started to have the same fear you were just talking about, which is like, this team needs to get off to a hot start. They they cannot have long stretches of of losses. They can't afford to let too many points slip away. Because I'm seeing a lot of the same kind of issues that they had under Barry Trotz, just letting teams tee off. You know, they finally get the puck, and then it gets taken away right away. They're not the fastest team in the league. We, we knew that coming in. They they require goaltenders to be really, really good. And I'm just watching. And, like, you know, Palmieri was playing on a line with Barzell and Parisi. And Parisi and Barzell have a little bit of chemistry. But, like, I just don't know where Palmieri fits. Like, he, he, you know, he was so good in the playoffs and was so good all those years. In New Jersey. I just don't know where he fits here. And all I could think of was like, man, I don't know. I just, I had the same exact thought you did, which is like flashbacks to last season and, you know, the, the, the kind of slumpy times in the, the previous two. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this team. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> so this is why I don't watch the preseason because like, <laughs> since it doesn't matter right. at all, the, the upside is zero and mm-hmm. the downside is infinite, right? Like you can watch them win That's four true. games in a row mm. and be like, damn. <laughs> like this right. team sucks and um whereas you can watch them lose three games in a row and you can't say like hmm, like oh like they look they look good because it doesn't matter the games don't matter and like just since i watch none of it like my my kind of thinking about the team is like i think um we'll, we'll talk we'll, we're doing bold predictions in our super specific islander bold <laughs> predictions at the end uh or the second half but you know, one of them was going to have to do with Palmieri and um, like this season, I was just like, I was just, you just look at his like kind of regular season performances over the years. And you just for, and except for last season, you could just pencil this guy in for somewhere between like 23 and like 36 goals or something like right. that. I, I, I'd have to draw it up, but I have it for the second half. But um, so I, I like for him, I'm like this he he had his like funky outlier year with us last year. I think that he's going to be gangbusters for us this year. And that's because I've watched, you know, no preseason. So I don't know if he's, <laughs> yeah, maybe he's like dealing with some stuff, but whatever. Um, So like, and the, the funny thing with like the, the, the young guys, um, Holmstrom, Ratu and Defour, when they got sent down, uh, I, I hadn't watched them. I don't know how they'd been playing, but I remember, that uh you know pe- people were really encouraged I-, I think especially with ratu's play yes 
so when when they sent him down you know there's all these people like disappointed but it seemed much more reasonable like mm-hmm. i thought people would be much more upset than they were um but uh, what i liked was that they were like yeah no he's a center like this guy we're going to develop him as a center he's yeah. going to go down and play center center minutes and nobody nobody ever says this in the preseason i guess it's maybe bad karma or whatever um you're going to lose guys like like having this guy as your you know wait in the wings second or third like center if you know Pajot or Nelson or Barzell or you know even Sizikas like they get hurt like is how shouldn't you should be very encouraged that he's down there um you know getting better for when he gets and when he gets called up if inevitably one of those guys will miss a game or you know hopefully they call him up you never know what this team it might be Andrea but <laughs> like that's the that's when it's time to get upset um yeah. but like I, I like it just seems like like they're they're handling the preseason correctly as a team like there's no uh you this is this is i think this is a, a pro of lamarillo's that he's probably been through these he knows that preseason means zilch and is is like kind of just temp, has tempered expectations i think we were everyone's kind of like ah oh, like pissed when he said uh it's a long shot for these guys to make the team but mm. uh before they even started camp and um but i think that was like the right thing to do because it it, it sets everyone's expectations you know he's unless he goes you know full on Connor mcdavid in the train camp we're not gonna see this guy which is great you know because it just, no one's no one was as upset as they they would be if he was saying like oh no he's fighting for a spot yeah because we might use him on the wing hmm. so like i just feel like they've handled the preseason much better than you'll see if you look take a peek around the league there's gonna be a lot of people disappointed when you know so-and-so gets sent down and you know, every everyone on the Leafs training camp roster had a, a column written about them. So when that like when when someone like uh, Joey Anderson gets sent down, it's it's a big deal, and they're going to be upset that Kyle Clifford's taking time away from this guy or whatever. Like the Islanders aren't going to have those kind of distractions, mm-hmm. and that that to me is like a huge win. Like that's why the Mayfield thing sucks, Clutterbuck, Wallstrom, those injuries suck. But like the the external noise is not there with this team so I'm, that's a very excur- encouraging yeah. um that being said i hadn't watched a second so maybe there are a lot <laughs> more people uh, who watch the gameplays and feel like you games being played and feel like you did but when you're when you're just watching via very sporadic twitter updates from you know, some beat writers who right. who for who are also in preseason mode yeah. uh it just i i would say be I can't believe I'm giving a grade to the preseason, but I'd say a B, solid B, maybe borderline B plus for the Islanders for a preseason. Uh, it would have been a A minus had Mayfield not got hurt. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, so, yeah, Scott Mayfield and, and Kyle Clutterbuck haven't skated in about four or five days, I guess. Uh, Wallstrom, I think, was just off the ice. He definitely played this preseason, but he's been off the ice, I think, for a couple of days or at least missed the last couple of games, three games, I think. So uh, we have no idea what's wrong with them or how long they'll be out. Lane Lambert might be a rookie coach, but he's definitely got this cone of silence thing down pat. He has not said a word. We don't even know what's wrong with them, uh, just that they haven't played and obviously we're missing games. So, um, you know, is that an issue? Sure. I mean, that that's, could be a problem. I mean, they have guys now that can fill those spots. Um, uh, Robin Sallow has looked really, really good. 
this preseason. He's probably of, of all the defensemen, he's definitely taken over that that sixth spot. Uh, Sebastian Ajo looked okay, I thought in the in the against the Rangers. Um, he got a little bit of praise from uh, Lane after the the game, but uh, still, I don't know. I'm just not all that impressed with him. So you know, there, there are options there, which is nice, but eventually those guys are going to have to come back. And I and you, you make a good point about Ratu. First of all, if you thought that any of these guys were going to challenge for any of these roster spots, you're watching a different team because this team, as we've found throughout this entire off season has pieces that are impossible to move. Like none of these guys were going to go, you know, so they weren't going to trade, you know, Brock Nelson to play Ratu. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Um, But like you said, I mean, people are going to get hurt and, you know, to be blunt, if, if, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but like Casey Zizekas is a guy who could potentially get hurt and, you know, he plays a very hard style. If I would, honestly, I would rather they move JG Pajot down to the fourth line and bring up Ratu and play him at third right. line. A couple of guys. So like, that's an option for them based on this, but I, I'm with you. I, I want to see Ratu playing number one minutes in Bridgeport. I know a lot of people don't care about this, but I would like to see Bridgeport have a good season. <laughs> I read they made the playoffs last year because the AHL playoff structure is completely insane. Uh, but they made the playoffs. They they actually won around. They they won their first two games and then got their butts handed to them in the next round. But like, I would like to see them go on have a really good season. You know, win or Come in second in division, you know, win a round or two in the playoffs. That would be nice. And and I think that would be great for the organization and it would be good for a lot of these younger guys to have that experience. So I had no problem with those dudes getting sent down because I mean, how could you look at yeah. that monster and be like, Oh, I can't believe they kept these they didn't keep these guys. Dude, what team are you looking at? Like, this is not that team. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I and to your point, like you want you want to play number one minutes. Like let them let the guy play those, you know, eighteen minutes first power play time, all that kind of jazz. And um, think about last year when, when the Islanders had anything, (laughs) when they had anything go wrong, when the Islanders had everything go wrong. uh, Yeah. They, they, the only centers that they could really tap were uh, Austin Zarnick, uh, who also come up in our super specific bold (laughs) predictions later. And um, Andy Andrea, like those were their, their, number five and six center. And I guess out of Koivula. So, mm. so like they actually have, uh, last year, I actually think I even said on the show, like I'm, I, I thought they had a lot of kind of under, under the radar depth, like in, in Bridgeport. Cause they had Dal Cole and they had Zarnik and, uh, you know, fringe NHL players who've, who've kind of been back and forth. Uh, but this year they actually have high upside depth, like guys like mm. Holmstrom and DeFore and Ratu who, who could, it's been, a it's, been a really long time since a, a forward has come up a, and developed and, and taken a spot on this roster mm-hmm. i mean it's you gotta go to matt barzell i think it was really yeah, basically it's the last one so um you know it's it to, to have that in the in the pipeline is is very new for this team uh and, and so that's the good thing like if 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 one of those guys do go down and when they do it will and and, and what you touched on i think is a good point, which is not only do they have the depth, but they have the depth now where uh, if, if it is Sezikis or it is Pajot who get hurt, then you, it's, it's not going to be like, well, we have to call up Koivala or Andriov because we don't want Ratu to play third line or fourth yeah. line center. This time they can be like, okay, Sezikis goes down. We can bump Pajot down, Nelson down and, and Ratu can play like on the second line or whatever. Right. Like they, they have the pieces to kind of move around that kind of stuff and be flexible. And 
which is this is interesting. I think because of what happened or didn't happen in the off season, <laughs> nobody's really talking about the fact that the Islanders are one of a very few teams with tangible cap space going into the year. Yes, that's um, true. Which is not something that's insignificant because even if they, you know, the, like I said, the, my biggest fear is is not only that they have a slow start, but they have a slow start and then don't do anything about it. Mm. Like if if you're going to go into the season like they are, if they have the slow start, if they start three, four and two, they need to do something like mm. they like you can't you can't not do anything. This yeah. is your all or nothing go, throwing, you know, the chips into the middle of the, the table year. Uh, then you know, I, I think I give maybe Lamarillo maybe too much of a leash or whatever. Um, Cause I think what he's done into the organization off the ice has, has been something that the team has needed forever. Uh, but if, if they start slow and, and they don't have some sort of sense of urgency, then I'd be really upset. So uh, that's, that's another thing I think people are overlooking. They're going to, they're not going to, they're not, they're going to overlook the fact that they have these three guys who could all make an impact if, uh, people get hurt because that cap space, like I was saying, like they're, they're one of a few teams with cap space. So when, if for instance, and, and we don't wish injuries on anybody on this podcast, of course, <laughs> we but don't like root if, for injuries. Yeah, we do not root for injuries. No way. But if like our Tammy Panarin gets hurt for the Rangers or Austin Matthews gets hurt for the Leafs, you know, and once again, not rooting for injuries. Uh, but like if, if these guys get hurt, like their caps, their, those teams cap issues means they're in trouble. Like they, cause they, they can LTIR people or whatever, but like they don't have, since they, they don't have like the organizational depth to have these guys just come in and then be like, okay, we can call up, you know, an add to rat to fill in, uh, they'd have to like do a lot of roster maneuvering because when those guys come back, like then they have issues. So like the Islanders have flexibility going into season, which is they're probably like one of like six teams with playoff aspirations. Maybe <laughs> that with yeah. that kind of flexibility. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at cap friendly right now. I hadn't even thought about the cap space implications, but yeah, roughly half the league right now, again, as we speak on Sunday afternoon is over the cap. So there's going right. to be a lot of moves <laughs> happening this week. I mean, the friggin' Golden Knights are $12 million over the cap right now. 12, right. 12.6. Yeah, so if Mark Stone gets hurt, like they're screwed because they don't, right. they, they don't have the, the help. They, they couldn't afford the help or they can't go outside the organization to get the help. The Islanders can. Yeah. So, you know, you could, like you said, there's going to be a lot of LTIR maneuvering. Dude sent down to the minors, maybe a trade or two. We'll see what happens. But right now, the Islanders have 1.7 million. That'll obviously change as as the course of the season goes on, and and the daily kind of uh, maneuvering of the cap goes down. Um, you know, then you got teams like the Sabers, Coyotes, and Ducks who have like 15, 19, and 20 million <laughs> available to them. But yeah, that that 1.7 and and growing as the season goes on will be a thing for the Islanders that they can they can use that kind of. Uh, cap space to their advantage, and they because they call different people up, maybe even make a trade. And I guess we'll we'll save that for that our bold predictions segment in the second half if we think there's going to make they're going to make moves. But you're right, like they, this is not a team that can just afford to kind of ride out a problem situation. If they see something arise that is problematic and is costing them points, they're going to have to fix it right away. And uh, and and I, that was another thing that that caught me while watching the games was that you know. Uh, not to, you know, again, I'm going to try and limit my, my harping on Barry Trotz uh, getting fired in this year if I can, but like the, 
the great thing about Trotz coming in was that he took the same roster of the year before that had given up 300 some odd goals and turned them into this sort of defensive stifling buzzsaw and it worked for them and they won a lot of games. This roster, which is again, more or less the same as his roster, they're not going to play that same style. I mean, they're not going to have that same kind of defensive uh, structure to them and the same kind of tenacity to them, at least not that we've seen so far in the, in the preseason. And I just don't know how, how, how many games they're going to win without playing that way. You know, I don't, they can't, they don't have just natural shooters that can just score at will. Again, they're not the fastest team in, in the, the, the league. The buzzsaw defensive structure worked for them. And every time they won a game by suffocating another team and that other team's fan base would get all angry about it, that made me laugh. Like I found that to be endlessly entertaining. <laughs> and this team might be more exciting than those other teams to watch if you're a non-fan, but I just, I don't know. I don't know how that, this roster is going to, um, you know, put together points while playing a little bit of a more open style. Uh, Lambert talked about wanting to get more aggressive uh, and and play up in everybody's faces. And that's a great idea. They were very aggressive around the net, particularly against the Devils, which I like to see. That was great. I, I, I want to see more of that. I just don't know if they have the horses to pull that off, whereas they did have the horses to to play in that defensive mode uh, for three years, which again was wearing it wore them down, and as, as it w- I would anybody, because again it was the same people over and over again. Um, so I, I just don't know. I mean, it just there there are signs to be optimistic. I want to be optimistic. I hope that everything I've just said for the last twenty three odd minutes is completely wrong. Uh, but it's you know, there's just I don't know something something about going into this is has got me very uneasy. And um, again, I hope I'm wrong. I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer here, but uh, I just hope that, you know, they find a rhythm, they find a groove. And some of these dudes start finding the back end of the net with regularity. <laughs> Kiefer Bellows, by the way, had a really good game too against the Yeah. Rangers. So I actually want to talk about Bellows because I, from the first couple of games of training camp, everyone seemed on Twitter, like this guy is just out to lunch and, you know, right. he's not showing anything. And then I'm one of like, the eight total minutes I watch, I remember watching them. They were playing the devils. Uh, I turned on the game and Damon Severson mm. had the puck at the blue line and did like a little shimmy and bellows completely whiffed and basically skated to the neutral zone for without the puck. Um, and the devils ended up scoring on the play. And I was like, Oh, great. Like I got to turn this off before I start you know, really having issues. Um, so <laughs> I turned it off and, and then after the game, everyone was talking about it. He had a strong game. And then the next game, I guess was the Rangers game and said he had a strong game then. Uh, and the fact that Wallstrom is gone and I know, or not gone, but like his Wallstrom's been on the sidelines with I guess an injury or they aren't, they aren't saying anything there, but uh, is it's like, they've kind of like switched uh, roles, I guess, or sl- switched places on like the, uh, who's going to make the roster rank or opening night lineup rankings. And it seems like Bellows is a lock for it. And Walsham, who knows, like, and, and Walsham doesn't need waivers. So that kind of makes things even a little more interesting too. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea like if he had a good preseason or not or whatever. Cause like I said, the one sec, the one play I watched with him on the ice, he was bad, he, very, very bad behavior. And then, but everyone seems to be <laughs> saying he had pretty, he had, he was playing with good behavior uh, through the offseason, but I, I don't know. Like I, cause 
my problem with him is like we've seen this so many times with him in his, his career where he'll he'll have a strong stretch of two games and then you, he just becomes a net negative for two games and then he's in the press box so i just i i can't yeah. I, like maybe it's me like for- what's he gonna have to do to make me trust him i don't know I mean, a good game for Bellows means he had a goal and two hits. Like, and yes. that's, you know, he was noticeable for a few minutes in the game. But I don't disagree with you. Like, again, he's going to, him and Wallstrom have the same problem. They, they both need to find consistency and, and produce consistently. That, that's the thing, yeah. basically. And, and just produce, produce enough that we can live with your mistakes. <laughs> like, that's the right. thing. Cause, like, if you're going to, if you're going to be like that kind of forward, if, if you're an NHL forward, you're going to make mistakes regardless. But, if you're a forward who's counted on to to score at a top six role, if you make those mistakes, you need to outscore them by a good margin. Uh, so if 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 they're making you know if they're continuing to to do that, uh, or if, I'm sorry, if they do do that, then then all will be forgiven. I mean, think about, and I can't believe you know this might open up a whole can of worms, but like when Josh Bailey started to really like come into his own. Everybody just started to forgive the kind of stuff that Josh Bailey does that just will drive you up a wall, and it almost became like funny uh, when he would pass up an open net or whatever because he was he was produ- out producing those kind of plays. So until they get there, I mean, it's even like Noah Dobson. Like, mm. remember when he 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 blew that game for them against Nashville? Yeah, um, last season, and then from that point on in the season, just was the best player on the team. So you can get you can make those mistakes and i think maybe without Trot, one of the good the pros about trots not being there is that those mistakes hopefully won't weigh on these players like mentally anymore they don't think you know they they won't see like leo Komarov turn a puck over the blue line and <laughs> the the red wings take it the other way and score and then him be right back out for the next shift uh and then them make a mistake and they'll be plastered to the bench for the rest of the game but so that that maybe that's good to have that pressure off but it still doesn't mean that we can live with those mistakes unless Bellows and Wallstrom and players like that are, are beating them uh, on the score sheet. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, heck, even, even Matt Barzell makes mistakes sometimes in games and yeah. they lead to goals against, but I mean, he's Matt Barzell. Like, he's yeah, exactly. going to do something like to you're, you're keeping Bellows. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like... And uh, yeah. And, and this whole conversation reminds me of another guy, uh, Josh Hosang. So same, right. same kind yes, of thing. Exactly. You know? like, so, uh, but yeah, and that's all. That's a good point. So and they, go. and, they, and they're important now. Like yeah, Bellows, like Palmer. I think Palmieri, Bellows, Wallstrom, those are the guys that are going to dictate. You know how much this team, if this team does take like the the twenty five goal leap that they need to, uh, of, to in terms of like goal scoring, uh, because those are the those are the guys that were counted on last year and didn't deliver on what they were expected to. So. Uh, yeah. The keep seeing Wallstrom skating with the secondary group yesterday was already a little scary. But yeah. uh, then when I was seeing that Wall- Bellows was apparently having a good camp, uh, even though I had made my mind up that he wasn't because of that play with <laughs> Severson, I was like, okay, so I guess Bellows will be the guy that needs to pop eighteen goals here uh, yeah. to to be that guy. But who knows? I mean. Now, now I'm scaring myself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's my fault. I've done it. Uh, that's okay. We're going to take a break now and come back. A uh, couple of fun facts from from Cap Friendly real quick. Uh, number one, 
Uh, Kyle Palmieri has a no trade clause. So if your brilliant plan is to trade Palmieri, if he, if he has a slow start, guess what? You can't. Next year, he has a modified no trade clause with a 16 team like list. So it's possible, I guess, next year when he's only got two years left. But this year, he ain't going anywhere, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, the second fun fact is that the New Jersey Devils somehow have $73,000 in cap space starting to the season. $73,000. They have a boat worth of cap space. Uh, this, Isn't, this There's another team, too, right? That like they Vancouver. just did. So- Vancouver, right? Yeah. They just did something where, like, they have like now have like sixty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do, they, the, what do the Islanders have? Like, it's one point seven million. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, like so. they're rich. That yeah, they're it's not bad. For the rest yeah. of the league. Rangers have one million. Like, that's you know. So yes, well, they, they also get the the NHL like Fugazi's their salary cap. Like the Rangers always are. Yeah. Like, well, they have eighteen <laughs> guys signed to ten million dollar deals, but right. somehow the Rangers have six million in cap space. I don't yeah. know if that the, makes sense. The Rangers leave some Penguins. They're, they have yeah. no cap, and the Lightning really have no. They have no cap, no cap implications whatsoever. But yeah, the Devils apparently are paying three forwards twenty eight million dollars this year, which is quite a lot. So. Good luck with that $73,000. Okay, we're <laughs> going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give our bold predictions. We're going to complain a little bit about the uh, NHL's flagship network. And we're going to have a huge, huge, huge announcement right off the bat that you are not going to want to miss. So let these two ads play and then come back and listen to that huge announcement in the second half of the show. All right, thanks. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is usually the part where I say, and now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more, featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. VintageIceHockey.com also has our Al Arbor t-shirts. That is all still true. However, we have finally new merch to announce. It's been a while. We wanted to do something for a long time. No ideas really stuck. Uh, but finally, just in a, in a random conversation that we were having, uh, we came up with an idea. And I think everybody's going to like it. So one of the hallmarks of this era of Islanders hockey is popularized by Barry Trotz, of course. And it has been the concept of the island as an entity, as a community, as like a collective mindset, or even like an obstacle for opponents to overcome. With lines like, you have to go through the effing island, passion on the island, living on the island, that kind of stuff. So we want to continue and celebrate that ethos with merch that just says the island. That's what it says. That's the shirt. Blue shirt, orange writing, the island. Got a classic style. It's very simple. And uh, these are available right now at vintageicehockey.com. We have three types of t shirts. Uh, you can get them in either the classic 
Islanders Royal Blue, or as I like to call it, the Renaissance Navy, if you're more of a early <laughs> 2000s, uh, Michael Pekka, Alexei Yashin era fan. Um, they're all there. We also have long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies with zippers, hoodies without zippers, embroidered pom-pom beanies, which is great. And my favorite, because my daughter thought of it, coffee mugs. That is right. You can get a nice coffee mug. It says the island across the front in orange letters. They're fantastic. Uh, again, they're all available at vintageicehockey.com right now, as is the Al Arbor merch. That's not going anywhere. And of course, like the Al Arbor merch, our portion of the sales of these go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Um, that's always been the case. Neither Mike or I have ever made a dime off of this stuff. It's all about giving back a little bit. And so you can buy this stuff. You could rep the Islanders. You could rep Long Island. You could promote our show and do some good by uh, donating to the Center for Dementia Research. All of it can be done at VintageIceHockey.com. And thanks so much to our friend Kevin Schultz, who runs, runs and, and founded Vintage Ice Hockey. He has guys have to support this site. It's fantastic merch. Kevin is a huge Islanders fan. He was an original Islanders blogger. He's like the best. So go there. Check out the Island merch. It's awesome. And I love it. I've been, I've been staring at it for four days. I love it. <laughs> the, uh, one of the great things about that, the Island as a, you know, kind of mystical places. There's, there's a, a team that plays in La Liga in Spain, Mallorca. And, then, and every time teams go to, Mallorca, they always say like, oh, you, you know, right, Real Madrid's going to the island, and weird stuff happens on the island, and it 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 always reminds me of the Islanders, and I'm like, yeah, like it's it's it is like, it's it's a a place that you need to defend, and and like you need to to make it the island, like hmm. before trots, like it it wasn't the island, it was just right, you know, you know a place where Nassau Coliseum was, and. <laughs> Uh, you you could probably get two easy points there. Um, and then like in in college football, there's Hawaii, and the saying in in, in the college football betting community is like because they always play late at night, uh, obviously, and it's the last game, and people will, like chase losses or you know throw the money they've won on on Hawaii, and it's always you know oh, weird stuff happens late at night on the island, and I'm happy that that stuff is now or that can now be applied with the island it's like mm. the islanders it's like yeah you're you're not going to be able to go to the island and and have an easy time and it, like you said it, it's become this place like you got to like siege it or something it's mm. it's it's <laughs> it trots trots turning that phrase yeah you know it never really dawned on me to think of it that way you know because it was always on long island and uh you know it's, it's almost like fort the second kind of version of fort never lose yeah. you know if you like pan out there's Fort Never Lose on the island. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited because I think it is, uh, you know, I, I Islander fans are so tribalistic. And, and as Matt Barzell said, everyone's a diehard. So, like, it gives you a, a place and a, a thing to, like, defend and a, a philosophy and ethos to 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 be like, yeah, no, this is the island. Like, this is how we do it on the island. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. The hat is probably my favorite thing, too. I, I, I loved it. It's just, it's just to wear a hat that says the island on it. Yeah, uh, my my hope is that, and I have no idea if we have enough listeners to make this even happen. And uh, if you haven't yet, yet told all of your Islanders fan friends to listen to Islanders Anxiety and all of the Lighthouse Hockey podcasts, you should do that as well. Uh, but my goal is like to see a, a picture of an Islander scoring a goal and like right up against the glass are like four or five rows of people all wearing shirts that say the island. Like, I think that'd just be the coolest thing <laughs> ever. Uh, and And again, it's a great way to, to kind of rep the show and if anybody's like what island first of all obviously the island 
means Long Island if you live anywhere in the tri-state area. And B, it's like, well, it's the island. Long Island represents a, a podcast I listen to. So check it out, vintageitalki.com right now. Uh, also, make sure you try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious rosé, Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All are available for $15 or less, and they are all at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. So there you go. There's our extra long ad read. But we had a good reason for it. So check it yep. out. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get to some bold predictions. Um, this is, you know, a, fun, a, 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 fa- a favorite of ours. And uh, I don't know how many of these have ever come true, but uh, they're always fun to look forward to. Uh, so I'm going to turn it right over to you. Uh, what's your uh, your first big, bold prediction? Now, these are island- we're doing Islanders-specific predictions, right? We did a couple of like... Yeah previous you know other nhl stuff so this is islander specific prediction so what's your first big islanders prediction for this season coming up yeah the the one that that sort of came true that i said last year was that it would take zach parisi like a little while to get going and acclimated i didn't expect (laughs) it to be like that but and then then eventually everyone be like yeah he's an islander yeah which is funny because the the first thing that happened was what i thought would be the second thing which was everyone's like i love this guy he's an islander Mm -hmm. um uh, but yeah, uh, and then I think I guess that Nick Letty would be traded back to the, the Islanders <laughs> at the trade deadline. No, my first one is that he was Austin, traded just not to the Islanders. Yes, exactly. So you weren't yeah. totally wrong. <laughs> if the Islanders were in the playoff mix, maybe. But yeah, exactly. Uh, my first bold prediction. I've got a couple. Is but this one I think is is almost guaranteed to come true. That our Austin Zarnick scores a goal for the Islanders and Michael Dalcole, which I said last episode, scores a goal against the Islanders at some point this season. <laughs> possible. <laughs> it's definitely possible. Yeah, Zarnick, I think he got waived yesterday. So he's yeah. you know, we're recording this a little bit before the waiver wire comes out. But yeah, um, yeah, Austin Zarnick, he'll he'll score a goal for the Islanders this year. That's funny. That would be great. Uh yeah, we'll see that. I mean, again, we just talked about guys who could replace people that were hurt, and there's a pretty good chance that no matter who gets hurt. Somebody like Austin Zarnick or Angie, Andy Andrioff gets the call, and uh, I can see that happening. Yeah, Michael Dal Cole. Um, you know, it's funny we hit we we did that bit last time where we talked about all the guys who were assigned to PTOs that were Islanders legends. Well, pretty much all of them got released. I don't think any of them <laughs> stuck with their teams. That includes Thomas Hickey, sadly, and Michael Dal Cole, who are who were released. Actually, you know what? I think I think Derek Broussard might still be hanging around Ottawa right now, but just about everybody else was was uh, released. Um. Let's see. My first big, bold prediction. I'm going to say that Ross Johnston scores a career high in goals. Now, his career high has been three. He had three twice, 2017-18 and then 2019-20. He had two last year. I'm going to say he scores a career high in goals uh, this season. Might be four, might be five, might be ten. I don't know, but I'm going to go with that. I think it's high time. The big man. Got on the score sheet a little bit more. Uh, he did set a career high in points last year with seven. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's kind of a, a an interesting kind of lightning rod. It's funny how most people outside the Islanders bubble could not name, you know, four Islanders, not not name Matt Barzell off the roster. But somehow they all know Ross Johnson makes a million dollars a year and keeps getting signed to these four-year contracts because they love to just complain about it all the time. But we love Ross. He's a big dude. Uh, again, our big, our thing with him is he, he's pretty good when he plays in short spots, you know, and he looked pretty good in some of these preseason games. Um, but you know, you just don't want him out there as a regular, but I, I think it's time. I think he ends up putting up, let's say, let's say double digit point season. Let's say he gets to 10. Wow. 
Yeah. How about that? When you prorate that to Ross Johnston's like relative expectations around the yeah. league, that's like a 102 point season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so there you go. My uh, my next one, I'll, I'll kind of build off that one. I'll, I'll save another, a couple other ones for later. But I, I, this was one that I thought about a couple of days ago because uh, you you brought it up and and it, it's been bothering me forever is how uh, the lack of context. Anytime anyone talks about JG Pajot and his contract with the Islanders and that they don't mention that. You know, the Islanders didn't just sign this guy to, to a six-year deal because, you know, like Andrew Ladd style. It's very, very different <laughs> um, how, how, how they needed him. And he was a perfect fit and got them to the, helped get them to the conference finals twice. Uh, that stuff never comes up. But uh, <laughs> what does come up is that he is, oh, yeah, should be making $3 million when you look at my chart. Um, <laughs> my model is, is saying... UFAs always sign for less than half yes. of what they were making the first time around, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my, so my, my prediction here is that when we get towards like November, December, when people start talking about trade deadline stuff, uh, the Islanders will still be in the mix, but the, the, when we do, do our around the league segments on, on big podcasts or whatever, people will say, well, you know, if the Islanders fall out the mix, you know, who would be a shrewd addition from, for the avalanche since they need, a, they need center depth because they lost cadres. J.G. Pajot from the Islanders. And, <laughs> and when they talk about J.G. Pajot, the potential future Colorado Avalanche, they'll talk about him as a, you know, a perfect fit. And it yeah. would be a typical Joe Sackick type uh, acquisition. Very good. Like they, they swindled the Islanders once. They'll probably swindle again and whatever, all this stuff. Um, and but when they talk about J.G. Pajot, the present day Islander, it will still be the Islanders are saddled with this contract or whatever. Mm. So that that's another one is uh, you can you can. Yeah. JG Pajot will be mentioned in trade rumors, and when he's mentioned as a potential fit for a team like Colorado, he'll it'll it will be very all all roses and rainbows. Mm. Uh, but when he's talked about in in the sense of his reality, which is he plays for the New York Islanders, it will still be that he is holding them hostage, yeah, because uh, of how much he's getting paid. I I was thinking again. It's funny you bring this up because I was thinking again today. I don't know why, just randomly, kind of again thinking about the fact that well I was actually I was I was thinking about the the sort of competition for the sixth defenseman and Mayfield being hurt and how you know we're still getting back to the Devontae's trade which you know we've been over and over again many many times but I was thinking again about how like when that guy spent 2 years with the Islanders and got no press at all for just being a part of the Islanders again despite being on a team that went to that had its best season since the dynasty had its first playoff sweep since the dynasty and then went to sem- the semifinals in the bubble. Not a single person wrote about how good Devon Taves was at any point in that entire two year run. And then immediately he, after he gets traded, it becomes like, I can't believe they let this guy go. Don't they know how good he is? Don't they know how talented he is? Look at all these charts and blobs and lines and stuff like that. And he becomes a, a, a you know, a cause celeb in a way. And it's like, yeah, we were trying to tell you guys how good he was for two years. And you kept saying, who? Come on, get out of here. Now this guy's a superstar and like you should get Norris Trophy votes. So uh, what you just predicted has happened before. So, <laughs> so yeah. we can see it happening again very, very easily. Um, I'm going to have another bold prediction. I was looking at um, at the, the defense here. Um, I guess a, a real quick one. Uh, Paul Ledoux is going to get regular playing <laughs> time. He seems to be, they seem to love him here. Uh, he played one game last year. I think he'll he'll surpass that this year. Uh, you know, maybe getting to like five or 10 or something like that. We'll see. But I, the, the team does seem to love Paul to do. He's six, he's six, three. 
In fact, I'm looking at the Islanders defense right now, and I didn't realize how big everybody is. Dobson 6'4", Hutton 6'4", Ledoux 6'3", Mayfield 6'5", Pellick 6'3", Pullock 6'2", Romanov 6'1". He, he and Ajo are the two shortest guys. Ajo's 5'10", and Salo is 6'2". I didn't realize they were all that big. Um, but yeah, so Ledoux is going to get time, and I, I think Sebastian Ajo might eventually get traded. I, I think that this is kind of the end of the line for him. I don't know what to do with this guy anymore. I just, you know, I don't know if he's, obviously if Mayfield is hurt that you could just throw this prediction out the window, but you know, if everybody's healthy, I just, I don't know if they know what to do with this guy anymore. And I don't know if that'll, you know, if he'll become a superstar or blossom someplace else, but I just, at this point, he's been with this team since, uh, let's see, when, when was he drafted? He was drafted in 2017. I mean, yeah. we're going on like, you know, five or six years now, he was drafted as an, like an overager, so he came in. Yeah. He like made his debut pretty quickly as like a, even though he right. was a third third round pick or something. He was no fifth round pick. Fifth uh, round pick yeah, yeah, and and he got all that time under Doug Wait, and then you know yeah. kind of went MIA under the the first couple of Barry Trotz years. But I, again, it's no, I have no ill will towards this person at all. He just seems like a very kind of mid type of guy, and I just I don't know if the Islanders have any more space for him, and I don't know if they want to play him in Bridgeport anymore if he wants to even play in Bridgeport anymore. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're coming to the end of the line yeah. with Ajo. Or maybe he just likes hanging out with these guys and he just wants to stay. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That um, Yeah, so I'll piggyback again of those. And one, one of my – this is a two-parter. So I'll start with the Ajo part first is that um, he gets the almost – he gets eat, like sent to that weird realm that sometimes Lou Lamorello players get sent to. Uh, we've seen it already this offseason with Richard Formerly Panic. known as Robida Island. Yeah, yes, it's Robida like Island. Yeah, Panic. like I think I think it, it'll be like a a thing where since he's Sebastian Ajo and he plays for the Islanders, right? Um, nobody will notice it, and then right. people will be like, "Where's Sebastian Ajo?" And then like two weeks later, uh, Andrew Gross will like ask Lou, and he'll say like, "Oh, you know, Sebastian's back home playing in Sweden. We mutually terminated his contract uh, <laughs> for the for the sake of a you know whatever." Kind of like what they did with Leo right. last season. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's part one and part two of that is is kind of related. Is uh, Robin Sallow has a great start to the season, and and like three writers from the Athletic claim that they were always high <laughs> on Robin Sallow. <laughs> that's great. This, 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 you know, he my my large adult son like that joke yeah. comes out of the woodwork for like three uh, like random national or you know prospect writers at the Athletic, and you're like mm. all right, you know, go kick rocks brother like you, you didn't could, know who this guy was you could always see he had the potential <laughs> to be this i always yeah. i i was always clamoring for robin yeah. salad to get more minutes and more opportunity <laughs> that's a great one that's a great one and actually this time that i'm glad you brought that up because now i can piggyback off of one of yours for my my final prediction uh and is that i'm actually going to turn my my choice over to a guy who writes for the athletic named Sean Gentilly, who is a, a Pittsburgh based guy, but he covers more national stuff now. And they had this article about, you know, uh, sort of uh, awards predictions, less bold predictions than we're having right now. Obviously the, the name Ross Johnson does not appear anywhere. It's, uh, <laughs> this article, as you can imagine, but at the very end, the last question is what'll happen with Patrick Kane. And so uh, two of the answers were, you know, they have a, a chart here. The Rangers are leading with 30% of the vote. You know, he'll get he'll get traded to the Rangers, the Oilers with 12. And at the bottom is the Islanders with a 5% chance that he'll get traded there. And again, this is just writers. This isn't like, you know, any kind of official scientific thing. But anyway, uh, Sean Gentilly at the bottom, 
he writes, I'm projecting here, but I, I put Kane on the Islanders. Lou Lamorello has had the itch to do something drastic for a few months now, but he hasn't pulled off anything. And the idea of Kane playing with Matthew Barzell is too wonderful for me to ignore. They all, they could have enough space to add him at the deadline and Kane going to dict Kane is going to dictate where he goes, if anywhere. So first of all, thanks Sean for, you know, talking about the Islanders in a very matter of fact and, and, you know, uh, enjoyable way. And, uh, sure. Why not? Patrick Kane on the Islanders. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, um, as long as he doesn't end up with the Rangers, that's fine. But, uh, now, now that I've jinxed that, um, <laughs> I, I can see this happening too. Like it would be crazy. It'd be wild. The Blackhawks are going to be absolutely terrible this year. I don't think Kane wants that. I expect Ta- Jonathan Taves to get traded too, or if not like immediately on like 1201 July 1st or whatever it is signed with the Winnipeg Jets and, and play there, you know, at the end of the year, the year. So uh, I can see that happening. And boy, you know, you know, Barzell loves Kane. He's talked about him as being, you know, one of the guys he watched growing up and that, that would definitely be something. And if you did that, then I think a lot of people who've been, kind of shitting on Lou for a while now would shut up because <laughs> that would be something. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn over to Sean and I'm going to, I'm going to go with him and say like, uh, you got me. I'm sold. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think it was last or before the summer started or it didn't start for the Islanders because nothing ever happened. But I was saying that the, the big part of me wanting that obviously want him is because he's a great player. Uh, but, uh, the best part of Patrick Kane, if a potential Islander fit, is that he would means he doesn't play for the Rangers, <laughs> which which everyone is just like assuming is going to happen at this point. It's it's kind of he, he wants to play in a New York. The New York market is perfect, and they always just forget. Oh my God, there's another team in the city. <laughs> like there's another New York team. Would you believe it? Um, yeah, and then the Barzell connection. Or uh, so that would be nice, and I, I, I'll uh, I'll I'll endorse that one. And, and roll through uh, my last one. So, so I, I kind of alluded this to this Kyle Palmieri to me. I think um, scores he, he at at one point very early in the season, but also like after a meaningful amount of games. So maybe like eight, maybe twelve. Kyle Palmieri will be at uh, like close or leading the NHL in goals. Yeah. Um, so let's just like if you look at his stats from his you know kind of prime years. So when he got traded to the Devils when he was twenty four. Uh, Palmieri scored 30 goals, then he scored 26, then he scored 24 and 62, 27, 25 and 65. And then, in, uh, he scored in a, in a, that, that shortened season mm-hmm. with, with the Islanders and, and Devils was, uh, I think it was like 18 and 51 or something like that. So, uh, he's, or excuse me, 10 and 15, whatever it was, but whatever it is, like Palmieri has shown like he's he's a 20 to 30 goal scorer uh and last season he <laughs> he he was not uh <laughs> so mildly yeah. yeah he 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 and he what, what he had two or one by december 29th and finished with 15 so i i just think palmary is going to end up with in that 20 to 30 range but he's going to start really hot uh and people will nobody will talk about it either he'll just he'll just be really you know, consistently good and, uh, and it'll work with, with Matt Barzell. He will be the, the winger, uh, the top, top line winger for a while. Uh, that's, that's, you know, I think that's a, maybe not so bold, so it's not bold enough, but I mean, uh, I think it's pretty bold. (laughs) Okay. All right. But, but so this is my next bold one. Hmm. Uh, this one is that uh, Ilya Sorokin will be incredibly good. 
uh, he'll be in the Vezina conversation. And I would say no less than 10. Now, the the last prediction I made, I was, I was kind of alluding to like the fringe hmm. writers, you know, the prospect guys or whatever. But when, when Sorokin has his great season this year, which I'm predicting, you're going to hear every, everyone from, you know, the Jeff Marricks and, and, you know, Pierre Lebrun's of the world to the, you know, CJ's whatever, talk about how they've always been, you know, one of Ilya Sorokin's, they've, they've been, they've been, they've been the Ilya Sorokin guy. They're mm. going to claim to be the Ilya Sorokin guy among their circle. Uh, kind of like how, you know, Jeff Merrick is the Nick Delorier guy for some reason. And, you know, the guy that they, they're just not going to, whenever they talk about the Islanders, they're going to talk about yeah. him and say, I've been saying that this guy's going to be the goods for how long now? And, mm. and their yeah. co-host is going to be like, yeah, you're right. Like he is your guy. Like, no, no, we, he's been good for a while. We've, we've been telling you this, but mm. um, that's another one. Uh, but I, I've, I've got all the faith mm. in, in the world in him. Um, and then my other, and this one is, this one is, is also kind of pointed at, at the prospect writers, the Islanders prospect pool, which has been dragged through the the mud, raked through the coals over the past mm. three years, uh, all of a sudden because Holmstrom, Defoe, Ratu are going to have big seasons. I think that Kale Dulius guy uh, looks good, and Jacob Skarkrick. I can't, mm. I don't know his name because we just don't really need to. Uh, they're they're going to have good seasons. All of a sudden, the 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 tide is going to change where it's almost like a Barry Trotz kind of thing, quality over quantity, that mm. the, the tone is going to change where the Islanders are going to be, their their prospect pipeline is going to be portrayed as, uh, you know, they, they've got the high quality, but they don't have the quantity. And uh, it's going to be talked up. It's going to, the rep, its reputation is going to get better mm-hmm. uh, this season and, and people will shut up about it. <laughs> I can totally see a, situ- a situation where like, they were ranked, you know, 27th this year by the athletic. And then next year they're ranked fourth. And right. it's like, well, you know, well, they you all can't ignore what they did with this. Yeah. A2 Ratu guy. Right. Oh, oh wait, actually. I, and I have one more. <laughs> Sorry. This is kind of related to it. I can't believe I almost forgot mm-hmm. this. Um, these three guys are all going to be linked because this is Lamarillo's contract year. Maybe mm. uh, it's going to be kind of, it's, it's going to be a, uh, you know, it's, it's every Islanders keep everything quiet, of course, mm. uh, if you haven't heard. But uh, the three, George McPhee, Chris Lamarillo, and Barry Trotz are all going to be keep being mentioned in as uh, Lou Lamarillo's successor, successor. Like these three cool. guys, like maybe it'll be this, maybe that. And then he's going to sign an extension. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not even like all those guys are going to be so, they're going to be like, no, they never yeah. talked to me. They never approached me about yeah. that. It's going to be almost like the Gaudreau or Kadri situation where it's like, no, no that's no, not. You guys took that. Somebody said it. It was completely yeah. fabricated. Uh, and then, yeah, Lou's going to sign an extension. Uh, I'm going to throw another name into that exact prediction there. Kyle Dubas. Yeah. Like, well, you <laughs> oh, know, like, he could he could go to the Islanders, you know. He hasn't signed a contract extension. And, you know, I could see him being Lou's successor. They're very close. And then is my dream come true. And then Lou signs an extension. And then Dubas gets fired and uh, is never heard from again. So they- <laughs> or, or becomes the he becomes the assistant GM and and the and and the the tone yeah. of the Dubis mania becomes yeah he just never really worked in Toronto yeah. so I don't know like I, it doesn't sound like it's yeah. I don't think it's going to work on the island either if he didn't get if he couldn't work in the with the resources that the Leafs had can he do it with what the Islanders had I don't yeah. think so 
And, th- and then all those same guys are going to trip over George McPhee becoming the lead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. That, that's a pretty bold. Those are a lot of bold predictions right there. Oh my gosh. I can't even, you know, we're going to have to revisit this at the end of the season and see how, how far we came because these are even more bold than last year's bold predictions. So, so there you go. So pay attention. We'll see how these things go. Might mean some guys are coming and going. Uh, there's already been a trade Mike alluded to before how we're kind of coming up on the waiver deadline. Uh, the Oilers and Blues have hooked up for a trade. The Oilers have sent defenseman Dmitry Semerukov, who I've never heard of before, to the Blues for perennial prospect Klim Kostin. I'd like to call him Slim Klim Kostin, uh, who I guess you know is going to go to their AHL team or whatever. So uh, this was another guy who was supposed to be like a can't-miss prospect and has uh, scored 11 points in 46 NHL games. <laughs> so, so there you go. Love, love when that happens. Uh, and these guys, you hear about these guys for five years and they have less points than Ross Johnson has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one last thing I want to get to real quick. So the Islander season starts on Thursday. Again, they got a, they got four days to go. So God only knows what's going to happen between now and then, but there's for the most part, the season, you know, kicks off here Wednesday, the TNT game. I, it might be the Rangers. I'm not even sure, but Raise your hand, and if you're by yourself listening to this, I, I agree it'll be a little silly, but just trust me on this. Raise your hand if you knew that the NHL season had already started. Because guess what? It has. It started last Friday, Thursday and Friday in Sweden. It was Sharks and, and Predators. The Predators are already 2-0, and and the Sharks are already 0-2. Who knew? Like I, If I wasn't on Twitter, I never would have known this. And this is mind-boggling to me. Like it's one like having them start in Europe is fine. It's cool. Obviously, it was a big sort of homecoming for Roman Yossi, who you know deserves all the accolades and and you know getting getting celebrated in his home country and whatnot. And I guess the uh, the Sharks also have a bunch of Swedish guys on, uh, uh, no Finnish guys on there. So like uh, you know, it was it was great. Like that was that's fine. But like you're telling me that who like. These, first of all, these games are at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so already on the first day of baseball playoffs, so literally nobody cares. <laughs> even even the two of us who could care less about baseball, even we're interested in, like, the playoffs. I came, my wife and daughter came home the other day. They're like, why do you have a baseball game on? I'm like, well, it's the playoffs since the Mets and my boss is here. And he's watching. This was when they were getting killed by the Padres, unfortunately. So I'm like, it's the playoffs. I always try and watch the playoffs. These two games went completely under the radar. It's like, you know, if they fell in the forest, you know, and nobody was around, did they make a sound? And you might be thinking, what, did they, were they not on TV? No, they were on TV. They were on NHL Network. Raise your hand if you even have NHL Network. I have had probably a dozen cable systems in my life. We just changed over to another one just a few weeks ago. I have never once owned one that had NHL Network on. Not <laughs> once. And the thing that drives me the craziest isn't that this league does not – that is that the network doesn't do anything for the league. Cause that is what it is. But like, I, f- I feel so bad that like there are, are people that work hard for NHL network. A lot of them, like for everybody you see in front of the camera, there's probably a half a dozen people behind the camera and everybody's working incredibly hard to make this product as best it can. And this is a network that is literally seen by 14 people, like 14. Pe- I, I, I'm going to go into mad dog Russo voice. Now 14 people, Mike, 14 people watch NHL network. <laughs> Nobody watches this. What is happening? What is going on? Where is this network? I don't know. 14 people watch it. Like nobody watches this network. And it's a sh- such a shame that all of this is going to waste. And I just don't know. It's, isn't it weird to like look at a, at a website or a, a newspaper now and be like, wait, these two teams have played two games already. And my team hasn't played any. I didn't even know they were on TV. I didn't know what was going on. It's just like, there's gotta be something that they can do with this outside of clips you see on Twitter. Like, 
would you even know what was going on in NHL network? And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's such a waste. And it's, this is money being spent. How much it's not cheap to have your own TV network. I, I pay all these people and do all this graphic stuff and have sets and studios. And I just, it's such a waste. I just don't understand. Like it's gotta be something better than this. And, you know, we complain about TNT and ESPN's coverage, but man, they're both light years beyond whatever, whatever NHL network thinks it is. And just, it's just astounding to me that just, it's just kind of thrown away as if it doesn't exist, but there are people there. I've seen them. They work there. It's just, I hate that. And the fact that there was, a, there were two games on it that nobody watched were really, that's really it's, sad. Yeah. I mean, you think about every league from, from NFL down to like MLS to whatever you're, you know, you're watching. Um, there's like six or seven tentpole dates that yeah. you just want to get right. It's, you know, the, first first day of the season the like the last kind of regular season day to the nhl be like the winter classic for the mlb it's like these like new field of dreams games or whatever nfl with these london stuff what what like there, there are like just tent pole events hmm. i'd say that opening day is probably number one like right. that is the one you want to yeah. you want to create the most hype before and for the nhl this season it was like we just need to get this over with, you know, like, like we're in Prague. We got to get this over with as soon as we can, where, you know, we'll, we'll make a nice little thing with Tomas Hurdle scoring a goal in the Czech Republic. Mm. He's from there. Like all this stuff, like here's the, like, and then we'll come back and hope nobody noticed that we just started the season and, and we'll, we'll start it for real on Tuesday. So it just, it blows my mind that the maybe fourth or fifth most important day on the calendar for your sport was handled like this like you have to tr- you have to try hard to run your opening game the first mm. game your curtain raiser you have to try hard to run it directly into the first day of the M- mlb playoffs especially if it's at two o'clock in the afternoon right like if you're going to if you're going to be like okay we, we it's in europe we need to make sure it's you know we gotta get the local crowd or whatever so we're gonna need to do it in the afternoon and you still find a way to find a prime time sports event at 2 p.m. in the afternoon to mm-hmm. run into. That's that's incredibly <laughs> hard to do. So yeah. almost like hats off. It's almost like they're they're like trying to lower their profile at this kind of stuff. And well, like you said, like who knows who knew that that season started? Because I work at a company where it's very the getting these these same tentpole dates right is is important. Uh, and nobody knew that the NHL was and my company was new. Yeah. The NHL was starting except for like five of us. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even like wanted to make a big deal about it. Cause the MLB playoffs were more important yeah. uh, than that for like the company. I'm like, all right, well I won't pretend that the season starts on Tuesday. It's not like they're going to take down betting, like all the betting markets for like preseason futures and stuff. So that's what we're doing. We're just going to do what the NHL did, which is kind of like, uh, yeah, like let's just, you know, that happened. It was real. If you, it's almost, right. it's like it's like another like. Uh, I know this is the wrong way to use this. It, it's not, that, but it feels like very Mandela effecty. Like, mm. did the NHL season actually start or did it not? And they're just, they're just gonna say it did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that all happened. It they they created zero buzz around it. It's it's because and like you said, it was on the NHL network, which is incredibly strange to think that they thought. Once again, 
maybe your most important day of the mm. season or the regular season, you stick on a, ne- a network that nobody has when you have a partnership, a TV partnership with the biggest sports programming network in the world. <laughs> and you don't even like throw it on ESPN plus or anything. Right. Yeah. It's like, I was looking on ESPN plus. And how? I'm like, no, come on. How, how do you, how, who, who was in like the office there? And like, we're, we're going to get the exclusive rights for this on yeah. NHL network because everybody's going to want to subscribe. I need, I need the NHL network so I can watch sharks mm. predators in Prague. Like no one's mm. thinking that. So this is, uh, it's just the yeah. NHL is, uh, it's, you remember when, like six or seven years ago, maybe a little more recent than that, Subway got avocados like mm. as like a topping on their sandwiches, and they made like a huge deal about it. And people were like, did Subway just discover avocados? <laughs> like this has been happening for like these these things have been around for eons, yeah, since the dawn of man. And like, yeah. th- why are they like pushing avocados on us so hard? Well, because they thought it was like this like hip kind of thing. Yeah, Subway had the same four meats used yeah. for thirty years in their sandwiches. But, so and that's that's like the yeah. NHL right now. Like it's like they they like think like they they discovered like this new hip thing. You're like, no man, like that's mm. not you're. This is 2022. It's not 1997 anymore. <laughs> like you can you can try you could try some new things and mm. um, no, it's nobody's but, gonna be subscribing to NHL Network to watch the season opener here. Because yeah. they can a get it somewhere else pretty easily on on like their computer if they re- if if someone really wants to watch Sharks and Preds and they don't have NHL Network they'll find a way th- they'll find a way yeah, um, yeah but yeah it's it it you're you're right like it's it, it's like you just you just wish that th- this stuff would just get better and it's not even just because like it, that whole please like my sport thing it's not mm. it's no it's convenience like i want to watch the game because i'm 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 the loser who wants to watch sharks and preds at hmm. two o'clock on an afternoon instead of guardians rays playoff baseball like i'm <laughs> i am that loser and i yeah. can't even do it right. and i'm not gonna subscribe to nhl network because i like for that so uh yeah i mean whole, yeah. perfect way to start the season for them though yeah oh of course uh, there's no more nhl way to start the season but the other thing too is like even if you wanted to have those games over there and by the way sorry for I thought it was in Finland, but you're right. It was in Prague. Uh, so that just shows you how little I paid attention to this because I couldn't watch it. Even if you wanted to start those games there, that's great. Again, great idea. But like, why not start them at the day of the rest of the league start? Like, why right. couldn't those games be on Tuesday, on, on Wednesday at two o'clock? And then you have, you know, those get that game. And then, you know, at seven o'clock or whatever, you roll into you know, Rangers, Bruins or Penguins, whoever for the first game on TNT, like, and then you have a doubleheader, you know, LA, uh, Anaheim or whatever, like make it a whole day thing. And then you got three games. You could have like a block of, you know, preview stuff in the middle there. Like that would have been a cool idea, but instead you just have these rando games and these rando days and this rando channel and nobody knows they're happening. And all of a sudden, you know, the Pacific division has points now. And it's like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Whereas nobody else does. It's just, it's just insane. I just, I don't know if I was in charge of NHL network, which obviously I'm not, and there's no plans to make me, it would just be like a haven, just a, just a hog heaven for hockey. It's just like old games, interviews, all kinds of stuff. I just, I don't, and I, and I feel bad for the people that work there and it's like, they're doing all this stuff and it's like, you know, just yelling into the ether. Like I don't, <laughs> it's yelling into the void. And like, if it wasn't for, you know, clips that get posted by, you know, like Kevin Weeks or Jackie Redmond or somebody like that, like, you would never know they were happening. It's like, then they do these. The only time anybody talks about NHL network is when they do these lists 
where they have like, oh, the, here are the, the 30 best centers in the league. And like the first 10 guys are like, wait, what are you kidding me right now? You know, and then everybody gets mad. And then people are like, the whole list, the whole point of the list is to make you mad. And then everybody just, so I don't know. Well, anyway, so, so there you go. So to congrats to the Predators for being 2 and 0. Congrats to Nito <laughs> Nita Rider for leading the league in scoring for a week when <laughs> nobody else is playing. Uh, sorry, Sharks, you're 0 and 2. Oh, and hey, speaking of former Islanders, Sincerely, this time, <laughs> uh, congrats to Kyle Oposo, who is now the oh, new yeah. captain of the Buffalo Sabres. So good on him. Wait, can I throw that. in one more bold prediction? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Oposo is is linked back to the Islanders at the trade deadline, Ooh. but doesn't come. But he, he stays with <laughs> the, he stays with the Sabres and signs yeah. like a, a one year rollover. Also, by the way, a lot of people like I know Kyle's story kind of came out after he left the Islanders, but he's now like the, 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 the one of the best guys in the league, has this like crazy good reputation among you know, the media and another situation where when he was on the Islanders, like did, did that ever shine through? I don't think so. Not, no. not like I know with us, we, we love Kyle. Like I still love yeah. Kyle. Uh, but like he never like clicked with, uh, and, and he's an interesting guy. I remember like when they sure. drafted him, they were like, this guy's really into, um, you know, reading Harry novels Potter. and fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter, right. Like he's like very into like this kind of stuff. He's not like your typical NHL players. Yeah. His parents are like from uh, one. Of, I think his dad is from Nigeria. Like this mm. is, he's a really, you know, different kind of, you know, players from what we usually see. And, and it just never, <laughs> like, uh, of, I was at his draft party. I was like, this guy yes. rocks. And like, uh, and, and, and it just never translated. But now that he's, he's on a terrible Sabres team and right. it is. He, he got a little bit of publicity because of how he left Minnesota. I think early, I think snow, maybe put a little pressure on right. the coach to let him go or whatever. And then, you know, he was just one of that kind of group of Islanders that, you know, were kind of plucky and were never really that good under Jack Capuano. And then, you know, I think he may have also got, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like he got a little bit of that, like, well, of course he's good. He's playing with Tavares kind of, you know, dismissive stuff. And then, then he left (laughs) He signed with the Sabres and people, and that, that was the summer of, of 2016, like lad and all those other bad contracts getting, I think Lucic also that year. So that, that was kind of considered one of those bad contracts. But then when he had his health problems, that, that sort of, um, it wasn't a concussion. I guess it was a concussion, but like he had that sort of like neuro neuro injury where he wasn't himself for a while there. And now, if I, again, finally he's better now. His family is better. That's great. Uh, he got a little. He got a lot of sympathy there, and people just kind of like, all right, well, forget the contract stuff. And uh, he's gone on to become a, a fairly beloved player in the league. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Much like Taves, much like you know any one of these guys who could be linked to somebody other team. While he was an Islander, he either got a little bit like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of cool. Or just like who, like you know, it's it's one of the other. So right. and uh, and now that's what's great about this Barzell contract is now people can just shut up. Like now mm-hmm. Barzell is just an island; they don't have to kind yep. of get told. There's no, you're not going to hear any like, oh, somebody's going to rescue him from the Islanders. Nope, he's here. He's decided. Mm-hmm. He's here to so shut up. <laughs> it's one of those things. All right. Woo. Well, good thing we have four days to go before the season starts because we left you a lot to chew on. So, um, uh, if something happens and the Islanders trade for. Patrick Kane or somebody else. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll get back together again uh earlier in this week, you know, later on this week and talk about that before the season starts. But otherwise, Thursday, Florida Panthers, UBS Arena. Yes. Be ready, because it's for real now. So there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just yeah. go to a game. For first like your the first time I'll be at UBS Arena for a game that um has some <laughs> like true gusto to it. Because even the opener, like it was great because it's like the new building and there was that, you know, sense of wow like we're this is ours and mm. they're not going to move us anymore this is it, that was great but like it it was different from 
it was separated from the hockey because of what was going on, obviously. And the fact that like aforementioned Paul Ledoux was in the lineup or was there the next night. Uh, and then they lost and they played a good game against the flames that night. But uh, yeah, like it's that it's going to be cool to, to, to like, this will be, I think the first true, like here's what an Islander crowd sounds like yeah. at UBS arena moment. Uh, Cause we'll actually have a, a team that is playing an important game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too, that's kind of been, uh, um, you know, kind of overlooked and we won't get into it now, but as somebody was mentioning this before too, like it might've been Butch Goring actually now that I think about it, maybe not. Uh, you know, the first couple of games at UBS arena, you're not really, that's not really your home arena. Like it's, you're just as much a visitor as right. the road team. And so now you're coming into year two, they're going to feel more comfortable. They're going to have their, their roots of the game. They're going to know all the folks working there. They're going to know, you know how there's, there are different stalls and different places to hang out. So that, that'll be another thing. I don't know if it's going to take over one year, but you know, it'll, it'll, that'll grow as time goes on. So that's another cool thing to look for, but uh, at least they're not away for, you know, 13 days to start. <laughs> the season. So that's a good thing too. Uh, okay. Uh, so there you go. Don't forget, as we said, vintageicehockey.com has our Al Arbor and the Island merch. So check that out. Look, go to the pinoproject.com for more information on that and uh, check out their wines at UBS arena and your local wine stores. And uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Listen to his other podcasts, Wonder Goal and Line Change, which are coming up very shortly. Uh, usually, yeah, uh, Wonder Goal is Mondays, right? And then uh, Line Change is Tuesdays, I think, releases. Uh, yeah, Line Change will be Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Wonder Goal is uh, Monday mornings when there's games during the week. And then yeah. Thursday mornings. So there you go. So check yeah. all those out. They're all great. And uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We'll be back in a week, and uh, we'll have actual games to talk about, too. Isn't that exciting? Okay, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.